Coming up on today's episode of Locked on Canucks, Elias Pettersson, will he finish as the greatest Canuck in franchise history? That might be the case, but hey, he's no Tyler Myers. More on that next. It's just Begsy again, and you're listening to Locked on Canucks. Your Locked on Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and thanks for hitting the play button on today's episode of Locked on Canucks. My name, Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and credential media member for Daily High Vancouver. Before we dive into the show, we want to thank you for listening to Locked on Canucks, your team every day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I said we want to thank you for listening, but hey, it's just me. It's just me. It's just Beggsy, Kyle Bowen. The other half of the show, a very important half, I might add. He does all the production, okay? But, you know, he had a weekend away with his girl. Happy two-year anniversary to Kyle and his girl. And uh, I don't know if he was planning to be away, but he texted me this morning and said he won't be back till late. And, you know, old man Begsy with the pregnant wife, the kid at home. I'm a bit early, man. I'm up at 4 a.m. writing for Daily Hive. Go check out my stuff there. Uh, Speaking of the Canucks and the stuff that I write about them, Ah, never mind that, because today we're going to talk about a couple of topics. One of them is Elias Pettersson. It is player review season, and, you know, it's maybe been a little light here on player reviews, although we did rip through uh, Demko last week, uh, some of the depth defensemen as well. Um, but today we're going to talk about the big dog himself, Elias Pettersson. Uh, I don't think uh, the grade we're going to, I'm going to give him as much of a surprise, but uh, I wanted to ask this question and talk about it a bit. Will he finish as the greatest Canuck in franchise history? Also on the show today, we're going to unpack the World Hockey Championship Notebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Kyle said it on the show already. Not a lot of hockey fans invest in the World Championships, but there were some Canucks storylines for sure, including Archer Silovs. Talked about him uh, quite a bit last week. Amazing tournament for him. Um, Also want to touch on Tyler Myers, his chirps, and, uh, you know, a couple other players on Team Canada who, you know, maybe there's potential for the Canucks to acquire at some point down the road. Um, and then we'll end on comment corner. Uh, quite, you know, thanks again to the commenters. Shout out to the commenters, the everydayers. Uh, some some good comments about uh, the last episode I did. Also solo talking about Sam Bennett and the Canucks acquiring the next Sam Bennett. Save that for the end of the show because we save the best for last with the comments. But first and foremost, Elias Pedersen. Will he finish as the greatest Canuck of all time? And hey, as you're watching this, whether it's watching live as we premiere it, whether you're watching, whenever you're watching, let us know in the comments. Do you think Elias Pettersson will finish as the greatest Canuck in franchise history? And I thought a good place to start for this debate might be looking at hockey references, all-time top 12 players legend. Um, now, in terms of the hockey references, um, listing for the top 12 players in each organization, there is a bias towards longevity. Um, so the way they put their model together is uh, based on two stats, offensive point shares and defensive point shares. And, and, and really, without going too far down the rabbit hole, the, the big flaw with their system is it really just credits ice time too highly. So, you know, if uh, a bad team like the Canucks is playing Tyler, Maya, Tyler Myers a lot, um, that could have uh, helped boost his score for defensive point shares, for instance. But um, it's a good starting point, at least. So, you know, at the top of the list, no surprise, Henrik and Daniel Sedin, 
Third on Hockey References list, Roberto Luongo. Fourth, Marcus Naslin. Fifth, Alex Edler. So you kind of see what I'm saying when I'm talking about um, the ice time bias, the longevity bias. Um, of course, some of the other Canucks legends, Trevor Linden, eighth, um, behind Matthias Olden, Kirk McLean. Uh, Pavel Bure, tenth, behind ninth place, Orlando Kurtenbach. Sammy Sallow cracks the list. Man, that's hard to believe at 11. And then Todd Bertuzzi wraps up at 12. So according to Hockey Reference, those are your all-time top 12 players of the Vancouver Canucks. But I'm going to say right now, I think Elias Pettersson will finish as the greatest Canuck in franchise history. Uh, the big caveat, is he even going to resign in Vancouver? Will he even be here <clears throat> past this next season? I sure to God hope so. And I know you listening. You probably feel the same way. And if you don't, you're probably not a Canucks fan. Because, you know, Pedersen, let's put it this way. He's the most exciting player to play in this market since Pavel Bure. No offense to Marcus Naslin. Uh, no offense to the Sedins and their magic. But, you know, Pedersen is really just an electric hockey player. And he's been that way in Vancouver since day one. Um, and as you know, listening, you don't have to be an everydayer to know this. Pedersen not only has the offensive impact on the game, but the defensive impact as well. And I think that's what makes him such a, a such a special player. It's what has guys like me and many others comparing him to the likes of Pavel Datsuk. Um, because, again, he's, he can just play at both ends of the ice. Uh, one interesting to stat to point out here is we're talking about whether Pedersen will be the greatest player in franchise history or not. Um, let me list uh, some of the top players in Canucks history in terms of points per game. So number one, Pavel Bure, uh, 478 points in 428 career games for the Canucks. Uh, good for a whopping 1.12 points per game throughout his Canucks career. Incredible stuff. Number two, JT Miller, 299 points in 283 games. Good for 1.06 points per game. And number third on that list, with 323 points in 325 career games, is Elias Pettersson. Now, this past season, as we all know, he was well above that with uh, what was it, 102 points in 80 games. Uh, the guy was just electric last season. And hopefully it's just a sign of things to come for Pedersen. I think we are at the point where we're going to see peak Pedersen over the next few years, which, you know, for all the talk about those teams not in the right place, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating that a guy like Jim Benning really put this team in a bind. And now I know we're a year and a half into the Alvin Rutherford regime. They deserve some blame as well because – you know, they've added to this cap conundrum that the Canucks are in desperate need to solve this season. Spoiler alert, more on that next week. Uh, when I get Kyle Bowen back in the program, we'll we'll have a good yell about that one. Um, but again, it's it's an argument to uh, Alvina Rutherford's case that you have Pedersen in his prime right now. You have Quinn Hughes in his prime right now. You have Thatcher Demko in his prime right now. So the case to build around them over the next three to four years while they're in their prime is, is pretty strong. Um, again, I think will he resign in Vancouver is really the only thing in my mind as to um, holding him back from being the greatest Canuck of all time. You know, we want to talk about points per game quickly. Um, you know, there is a balance when you're trying to determine franchise greatness between longevity within an organization um, and the effect you had on the organization as well. So that's why... I personally, and I think most fans would agree that the Henrik and Daniel Sedin are the best two Canucks of all time. Um, you know, even though their point per game rate throughout their career was only 0.8 points per game, um, just because of the Sedinary magic, 
because they both had over 1,000 points each in a Canuck sweater, uh, because they were part of the greatest Canuck team in franchise history, to me, those are all reasons why um, they'd be at the top of the list in terms of the best Canucks of all time. Um, I would probably have Burry third on that list, though. I know hockey reference, again, with their longevity bias would disagree, but I mean, in no world is Alex Edler more of a franchise legend than Pavel Burry. I mean, come on. Come on, hockey reference. Figure out your algorithm. Um, but yeah, Pavel Burry to me, that's that's the bar for Pedersen though, right? It's the Sedins and Burray. And I think Pedersen, maybe he's not quite as electric as Burray, but I think he can be as impactful just because he's a better defensive player than Burray was. And again, we saw this guy hit the ground running from day one, whereas it took the Sedins a good four or five years to figure out the NHL game. Um, yeah, again, let, let me know in the comments what you think. Will Elias Pedersen end up as the greatest Canuck in franchise history? I think so. We'll see what Kyle says on tomorrow's show, um, but that's at least how I feel. Let me know how you feel in the comments. Okay, on the other side, we're going to get into the World Championship notebook. Archer Silovs, Tyler Myers, a couple other players I wanted to bring up as well. But first... For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check mark to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, all right. You're back on Locked on Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, host of Locked on Canucks, along with Kyle Bowen, who's off uh, you know, vac- vacationing, gallivanting, um, just being a romantic dude. So shout out to Kyle. Uh, I'm helping you keep the romance alive with your girlfriend. You're welcome. I'm taking 5% of the credit for, for your relationship right now. Um, before we get into the World Hockey Championship, wrap quickly, Pedersen's letter grade for the 2022-23 season. I'm giving it an A+. Plus. A plus. We had a we had an episode talking about this guy being in the heart conversation. I personally saw Elias Pettersson as at least in the same realm as Matthew Kachuk um, in terms of impact for their team during the regular season. So, say it was the Vancouver Canucks that made the playoffs and and the Florida Panthers didn't. I think Pettersson would have been a heart candidate last season. Um, very similar profile to Matthew Kachuk in terms of just the numbers they put up, the analytics, obviously different style of players. Um, but hey, we saw Matthew Kachuk name as a heart finalist. It is about making the playoffs at the end of the day. Uh, I know Kana had that debate every day. If you tuned into that one a month or so ago, you're probably aware. Um, but I think Pedersen would have been a heart candidate this season if the Canucks made the playoffs. Hey, we all know that didn't happen. Uh, they were out of it from uh, puck drop in October, unfortunately. And, you know, speaking of being out of the playoffs, you know, when you get to the World Hockey Championships, you're usually not a playoff team, okay? Um, and that was the case for most of the guys playing right now, including a couple of Vancouver Canucks. But first off, just round of applause. <laughs> round of applause, Archer Seelovs, for a legendary tournament 
We already called him last week on Lockdown Canucks here, the Latvian legend. We're not the only one saying it. I'm sure it's being said around the world right now, and especially in Latvia. So Archer Silovs, he was tournament MVP. He was named best goalie of the tournament. He's named to the all-star team of the tournament. And he helped lead Latvia to the nation's first ever medal, a bronze medal at the World Hockey Championships. Um, I think his his highlight, obviously, was that game against Sweden. You know, what got them to uh, the semifinals that Latvia won 3-1. Silovs stopped 40 of 41 shots. He was dynamite. I, I watched that Latvia game against the U.S., and... I think Latvia played a better game against the U.S. Than they, than they did against Sweden. But obviously, they had to eke it out in overtime. It was a bit different. And Sealovs didn't have to be as electric. Uh, he led in three goals on, I think it was 29 shots. Um, but he did have to make some key saves. And at the end of the day, it was uh, Connor Garland sprawling out, trying to block the shot from Christian Rubens uh, that ended up being uh, the overtime winner. So... An unfortunate look for Connor Garland. He's still, well, he doesn't go home with the medal. My apologies. Just a, just a bad day. Just a bad day for Connor Garland. Hope you enjoyed your uh, vacation over there in Finland. Um, but for Archer Silovs, I mean, we had the conversation last week, so we won't. I won't go dive down the rabbit hole now about will he be the backup goalie next season. Again, ideally, I think the Canucks don't want him to be. Um, and I think he will start the season in the AHL because the best thing for him is to play games. But you can start getting to that halfway point of the season and Silovs is tearing it up and the heat's going to be on Martin to make sure he holds down that backup job because I, th- I think that's one of the big takeaways from this year's playoffs. Um, you look at this year's Stanley Cup playoffs and goaltending is just, it's absolutely bizarre. Um, but I think one of the big takeaways is that if you overplay your goalie, you're not, you're not going far in the dance. Um, really the only goalie who played 60 plus games who made it to round two was Jake Odinger. Uh, and even in the conference finals, he's been pretty shaky. Even against Seattle, he was pretty shaky as well. So you're seeing goalies like Bobrovsky, uh, Aiden Hill, uh, goalies who had their workload diminished, um, whether it's through injury or, or other factors or bad play in Bobrovsky's case. Um, but it showcases the need that you need to have good goalies elsewhere in the organization. And I'm going to say right now, the Canucks make the playoffs next season. Stiloffs is going to play a role. I'm not sure what kind of role, but I feel like he's going to play a role for the Canucks if they are going to make the playoffs next season. Um, but for now, Silovs, just uh, just enjoy the victory, buddy. Uh, what a tournament from uh, the young Latvian. And uh, hopefully he'll be uh, a Latvian legend in Canucks colors on a full-time basis uh, in the not-too-distant future. Um, I'll touch on this first, okay? So I talked last week. We'll get more uh, about more into it in Common Corner about finding the next Sam Bennett or even finding a third-line center for the Canucks. And one player I mentioned was Michael Rasmussen. Again, he didn't he didn't quite fit the mold in the sense that he actually had his best season in 2022-23 um, and that kind of middle six center position for the Red Wings. One guy who I didn't include on the list, and, and really the bias was because I was looking at top 10 picks in that Bennett piece, uh, but Joe Valeno picked 30th overall by the Red Wings back in 2018, I believe. Uh, he played for Team Canada at this tournament, had five points in five games. Uh, to me, he stood out in, in the action that I watched. Um, but again, he just hasn't quite hit on his potential either. I know he was one of those players that was exceptional status uh, in the OHL, or maybe it was the, uh, the Quebec Major Junior League. My apologies. Um, so again, lots of hype around this guy. He's a 15-year-old, but slid in the draft. And now he's played two NHL seasons and he has, what, 18 goals and 36 points in 152 games. 
Um, nine goals, 20 points in 81 games this season. So still a young chap, only turned 23 in January. But again, he's a guy who, you know, you're getting to the edge of that prime as an NHLer at 23 years old. Is he going to be more than just a fourth line center? Um, and then if, if the if the Red Wings don't believe it, did the Canucks think he could be in that spot? And again, of course, locked on Canucks, your team every day, baby. Okay. Obviously, the bias is on the Canucks, but you know, in general, Joe Valeno is a player I'm watching to see. You know, does he have a future with the Red Wings, or are they going to look to move him uh, while he still has some value? Because you know, it's it's interesting to talk about. You know, many of you listening, um, I'm sure you're you're like me, and you're above the average age of an NHLer. Okay, maybe you're not, and that's okay. You still got some years in front of you. Uh, I'm about to turn 30 years old, and yeah. Me, I'm past my prime. I'm past my prime, at least in terms of uh, the athletic world, which is why I'm behind the mic here on Lockdown Canucks. Um, but again, Joe Valeno, just want to say he stood out to me with an impressive World Junior Tournament. Maybe he's a player uh, that's more attainable than a guy like Michael Rasmussen. Again, playing less ice time, younger guy, still got some potential, but just hasn't really figured it out yet at the NHL level. Um, I'm going to bring up one more name quickly on Team Canada, Cody Glass. He had no goals, four assists uh, in all 10 games for Canada. A guy that didn't really stand out to me that much um, in the tournament. And when I was thinking about that Sam Bennett uh, podcast, I, I debated putting a guy like Glass on the list, but I decided to stick with players who have are still with the team that originally drafted them. And obviously Cody Glass, uh, we all wanted him as a Canuck back in 2017. Good thing most of us were wrong. Um but he hasn't hit on his potential either. Uh, obviously just had his best NHL season to date with the Nashville Predators. But again, he's a guy that I'm not really as bullish on glass as um, maybe some other pundits are. Um, or I'd even hit, like to hit on a guy like Valeno and Rasmus and try to get them in and see what they can do over a guy like glass. Um, but still glass is a guy worth considering. I know Nashville is in a bit of a retool rebuild phase, but I'm not sure if anyone's safe there with uh, Barry Trotz coming in and taking over the helm. Um, okay, let's go touch on the Canucks quick before we uh, get to comment quarter on the other side. So Tyler Myers, he had a whopping one goal. It was his only point in 10 games, um, but he did play like 24 minutes and 44 seconds in Canada's gold medal win over Germany. Uh, you know, if if you didn't watch the World Hockey Championships, Tyler Myers played like Tyler, Tyler Myers, okay? He was a bit bombastic, a bit chaotic, made mistakes. He definitely iced the puck for no reason on a couple of occasions, but... Played a big role for Team Canada, and uh, good for him. And one of the reasons I bring it up, and I'll show it here for the uh, uh, the YouTube viewers, but he had a post on Instagram. Um, it was a photo of him kissing the World Hockey Championship trophy, and in quotations it said, worst Team Canada roster ever. I mean, on paper, it was arguably one of the worst Team Canada rosters that we've seen, but they got the job done, so hard to complain. Hard to complain. Also hard to criticize people who said it was the worst team ever. Um, I, I know shout out to Rob Williams at Daily Hive. He wrote an article about this and he kind of brought up some comments from online where people said like bronze at best. Um, again, you just never know in a tournament like this what's going to happen, especially with, you know, 10 games total, one game deciding things once you get to the to the knockout stage. Uh, but good for Tyler Myers. I'm, I'm glad he, uh, he won something. Maybe he'll win um, a ticket out of Vancouver for the 2023-24 season. That's what I'm hoping for, for Tyler Myers. Um, and then last but not least, um, want to bring up Ethan Bear. 
He had no points in eight games. I still liked his showing better than Tyler Myers, but um, it's interesting when you look at the Canucks, I think everyone has Ethan Bear on the depth chart ahead of Tyler Myers. Um, based on what we saw last season, it's, it's almost crazy to think that Tyler Myers played that much with Ethan Bear in, in a secondary role for Canada, but um, it is what it is. Um, Ethan Bear should still be the one playing alongside Quinn Hughes over Tyler Myers. Um, it is what it is. Sorry, Tyler Myers. Uh, I'm still bitter, and I'm sure uh, most of uh, the listeners here on Locked On Canucks still bitter that you're in Vancouver making six million bucks. Um, on the other side, let's wrap up. Common corner, saving the best for last. Kyle says, I hate this segment, but he's wrong. He's wrong. I love this segment because we are nothing without the listeners. Let's get to on the other side. Locked On Canucks. Okay, all right, you're back on Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, co-host here on Locked On Canucks. This is your first time viewing. Usually I'm here with Kyle Bowen, but uh, helping him keep the romance alive with his girlfriend. You're welcome, Kyle. Okay, let's get to a couple comments here based on the last episode that we had here on the network, Locked On Canucks, your team every day. And it was about, again, Sam Bennett. Can the Canucks find a Sam Bennett? Five players who fit that mold of 22 to 24 who haven't quite worked out in their respective organizations. So shout out to DJ Stromford, 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 something like that. Um, He had a ranking of his three uh, targets. Um, I'm not sure if they were on my list. Only Max Comtois was there. Um, Then he had Kim Costin second, Jordan Greenway third. Um, Again, with Costin and Greenway, um, you know, there are players in that age range, Greenway a bit older now. In terms of guys that fit that mold of players that haven't worked out in their respective organizations. But again, for the purpose of the piece I did on uh, Saturday, I wanted to look at guys who were still with the team that, that drafted them. And obviously, Clem Costin drafted by St. Louis, now plays for Edmonton. Jordan Greenway drafted by Minnesota, now plays for Buffalo, and just got traded there at the deadline last season. Um, but we'll see. Jordan Greenway, Clem Costin, targets for the Canucks this offseason. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I believe Greenway is an RFA and Costin too. Let's look it up quick. I don't know. Yes. Okay. Okay. Clem Costin also an RFA. Um, we'll see. I, I don't think Edmonton's going to be in a rush to give up Clem Costin because Clem Costin was a bit of a playoff hero for them, uh, especially in round one at three goals for the Edmonton Oilers against the LA Kings when really no one on the team was scored much aside from uh, um, McDavid and Dreisaitl. Jordan Greenway still under contract for two more years with the Buffalo Sabres now. And, you know, he had uh, he had a mediocre performance of them. Four goals, no assists in 17 games. But I just don't think that player with $3 million on his salary, um, we t- we've talked about it time and time again on the show, it's a tough market for wingers. So, uh, yeah, I don't see Jordan Greenway going anywhere. Um, but thanks again to DJ Stromford for the shout-out. He said some stuff about uh, Kyle Bowen as well. Um, you know, I guess maybe these two know each other. I have no idea. Uh, last but not least, uh, DJ talked about having Ross Johnson and Ryan Reeves in our fourth line for toughness. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll pass. I'll pass. Ross Johnson just barely even plays with the Islanders, okay? That was uh, an interesting deal when he signed that four-year, $1 million per year contract with the Islanders. And Ryan Reeves, yeah, I, I'm a big Ryan Reeves fan, but I think he'd be overpaid and overvalued for what he actually brings to the table. Um, okay, let's get to one more comment here. Um, Michael Rasmussen, sorry, first off, shout out to Tony Diff. 
Michael Rasmussen would be a dream acquisition yet unattainable um, with Rasmussen. Dream acquisition, probably a bit strong, probably a bit strong. I know he's from Surrey, BC. I should have that Surrey, BC bias. Um, but again, I think those guys who have a big body, a big body, a nice body, a big body, they, they tend to get overvalued a little bit. Um, but again, you saw Rasmussen kind of hitting on his potential last season. If the Detroit Red Wings were to trade him, it would be a bit of a sell-high move. Um, and they kind of have to make it worth their while, which I'm not sure if they'd be prepared to do so, to be honest. Uh, Tony also talked about how Jack Drury, he was the first guy I mentioned on that Sam Bennett episode. He said Drury is the guy that's going somewhere this summer, and his pedigree and the NCAA plus his Swedish dominance make him a top target for Alvin's organization. So yeah, Jack Drury um, during the during COVID went and played in Sweden for a season and ripped it up. He ripped it up with uh, Elias Pettersson's old uh, Vaxo Lakers. I probably butcher, butcher that pronunciation. My apologies. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he played in Harvard too. He was great there. Like, I love Jack Drury as a player. I think he's going to hit a stride in the NHL eventually and be a great player. Now, Carolina, again, they made it to the second round last season. They made it to the third round this season. You know, are they, are they getting a bit antsy to maybe bolster their team? Like, if they had a Svechnikov, if they had a JT Miller, if they had a Max Petrietti, did I sneak JT Miller in there? My bad. If they had one of those guys, would they have pulled it off this season? I don't know. I don't know. They needed they they lost four one goal games to Florida. You could argue a bit of offensive firepower to got them over the top. Jack Drury, I think, will provide it one day, but he's not quite there yet and uh, didn't provide it for Carolina this season. Holy two sole episodes in a row. Kyle. Kyle, where's my check, buddy? You send my check in the mail or what? Uh, jokes aside, uh, you know, happy anniversary to Collins Girl. And shout out to you for listening or watching this episode of Locked On Canucks, your team every day. Um, I think on tomorrow's episode, we're going to touch on the Vancouver Canucks and their salary cap situation. I'm sure Kyle would have rather talked about Elias Pettersson and his greatness over the Canucks being in cap hell. But that's what it is, man. When you leave me in, in charge of the content, you get what you get. Uh, so we'll talk about the Vancouver Canucks. They have the worst salary cap situation in the NHL. We're going to break down exactly what that means and talk about the main strategies for getting out of that. Uh, also want to touch on Quinn Hughes as part of our player reviews. And then, you know, I want to get to some third-line trade setter targets as well. But for now, I'm Trevor Beggs, and you've been listening to Locked On Canucks, your team every day.